0: Hello and welcome to "I Watched This as an Adult," the podcast where I review movies from my childhood from an adult perspective. And this week, I'll be reviewing 1983's Trading Places. Thanks for the uh, voicemail, Max, and maybe I will get to Billy Madison uh sometime this sometime this year uh may 2022 i keep forgetting it's 2021 but uh 2021 is almost over so 2022 um yeah max i'm most likely gonna get to that i'll probably most likely put that in viewers choice month viewers choice month i never have anything planned because you gotta um i don't just do these shows like on a whim i'm just like i'm just not like oh i want to do this movie today or this movie today. I don't I don't do it like that. Um what I do, I I I do plan this show no matter how fucking sketchy and off-kilter this show sounds. I, I do make plans for this show. I plan for this show, I prep for the show, I set up for the show. And like all this stuff takes time. I like I have all the movies that I want to review already set up i I make a list of all the movies that i want to do and set up but september is usually my wild card month so sometime in september maybe max i will get to billy madison i may put like i say i may put that in a viewer's choice month i'll put that as a uh as a um what is it called i'll put that as a selection as a selection of I'll put it up in a uh, viewers' choice month. Uh, you gotta be sure to vote, Max. If you, uh, Max, uh, if you wanna, if you wanna follow me on um, on Instagram uh, and I watch this as an adult, you can you can follow me on um, on uh, Facebook on the uh, Watch This As an Adult movie uh, podcast fan page. You can go you can go there and you can go vote for uh, which movies that you want to see. On, on the podcast, but that's only in September, September is, is the only time that I let the viewers choose what movies that they want to see, or what movies that I, I review, that's, I only do that in September, so if you want to put your bid in for that in September, we could do that, so now let's get into the show, oh, thank, and, uh, thanks for the, uh, thanks for the, e- for the, uh, voicemail, sorry, <laughs> thanks for the voicemail, uh, I really appreciated it, um, Let's get into things I watched this week. First of all, before I get into things I watched this week, really, really, really jam-packed day today. Today is a special day because I'm recording this on Sunday. I'm recording this on December 12th, 2021, the day that I was born. Not 2021, I was actually born way before that, but, but, but I was born on December 12th. Today is my birthday. I'm old. That's all you need to know. You need to know that I'm old. But anyway, uh, yeah. Hey, man, if you want to send in those, if you want to send in those happy birthday voicemails, you can send those in. Also, if you want to send those in wishing me a happy birthday, you can do that also on uh on uh the uh the Anchor FM uh, uh voicemail thing you can send that in there and do that there but anyway uh (laughs) but anyway uh let's get into things i watched this week boy do i have an interesting things i watched this week for this show so let's start off with uh i'm trying to think about how i'm i can go even go into this um i watched a movie (laughs) And it's already stressed to be out already Oh, god I watched a movie uh this past weekend called the Unforgivable it's a movie starring Sandra Bullock uh let's go let's 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 just let's just talk about this movie here um ugh. first of all let's talk about the plot of the movie Sandra Bullock plays. A woman who did time in prison for murder. She did 20 years in prison for murder. She murdered a cop. I'm gonna go with that for now. She murdered a cop. And now she's trying to uh, get her life together. And find her baby sister. So they can be together. Uh, Because she was uh, the legal guardian of her younger sister. Before she got arrested for murder. But yeah this movie here man this movie did not make any fucking sense, there's a, from the, from the jump, man, this movie did not make any sense, uh, I found myself, I'm gonna tell you this, I found myself yelling at the screen at this movie, <laughs> I found myself, you know, like, oh, I like, people yell at the screen, they're like, nah, nah, man, why do not you just do that, come on, man, oh, man, you stupid, you know, but anyway um like the other plot point in this movie is like she killed a cop and the cop's sons want revenge when they find out that she got out of prison so like they want to kill her uh movie also stars uh john bernthal uh viola davis and uh, vincent d'onofrio and rob morgan uh who I feel. Let's talk about Rob Morgan. I didn't feel like he got a lot of screen time. He played the parole officer. I don't know why they always do this. Why do they always have uh black guys playing parole officers now? Like uh, cause uh Lance uh, Reddick played uh Tessa Thompson's parole officer in uh, uh what's that movie Little Woods? If you ever seen uh, Little Woods, uh it's a movie starring Tessa Thompson and uh what's that other girl? I forgot her name. I keep forgetting her name. <laughs> Lily James. Is that her name? Lily James. Uh, and Lily James, and uh, is uh, actually uh, directed by uh, Nia DaCosta, who's gonna be directing Captain Marvel, too, and she also directed Candyman. She directed the new Candyman, with uh, Yaya Abdul-Mateen. Uh, she directed that one. Uh, but yeah, like, they always do that. Like, that's the that's like a trend now, when it comes to parole officers. They're always some bald, black guy. It's like Lance Riddick, now Rob Morgan, next thing you know, I'm gonna see, like, Don Cheadle playing a parole officer (laughs) or some shit, (laughs) like, they're always playing parole officers now, it's like, that's the new thing, I'm trying to think of some other movies where, like, there's a bald black guy playing a parole officer, and I can't think think of it, but Rob Morgan, Rob Morgan's an incredible actor, man, everything I see him in, I'm like, he's the standout, you know, everything, everything I see him in, I'm like, this dude stands out and it's kind of sad because he doesn't get much to do here. He's just the Sandra Bullock's parole officer. He's just the guy who's like, Hey, um, you know, you got to go find a job, right? Hey, um, you know, you got to be at the halfway house at a certain time. You late. You know, I could put your ass in jail for that. And you know, <laughs> that's his, that that's his job. Or, like, when she got in trouble, he was like, oh, yeah, this is my my parolee. Uh, I gotta gotta be responsible for her. Give her to me. Or something like that. That's Rob Morgan in this movie. Uh, Some other performances in here. Uh, Vincent D'Onofrio is in this movie. He and uh, Viola Davis play a husband and wife uh, that bought uh, Sandra Bullock's old house. And, like, it's kind of like Sandra Bullock's kind of, like, obsessed with the house. And uh, uh... Viola Davis and Vincent D'Onofrio find her out like right from the jump because uh, there's a part where like Vincent D'Onofrio gives Sandra Bullock a ride, and he's just like, you know what, just just just, just cut the bullshit, you know. <laughs> he was like, I know you lying to me. I know you're like that used to be your house. He's like, you've been lying to me. There's a line in there where he said, you've been lying to me since hello, <laughs> you know, <laughs> you know? <laughs> you're like everything. He's like, everything after you said hello has been a lie. <laughs> You know, is so, and Viola Davis, oh my God, Viola Davis can't stand her. You know, Viola Davis is not in this movie as much either. It's like, she gets like a couple, she gets a couple scenes. uh, She starts to become a part of the story towards the end. Because her and uh, Sandra Bullock have this like powerful screaming match. You know, towards the towards the end of the movie. Uh and I think that, that that part's in the trailer. I think that part's in the trailer. And it's just like me and my wife, my wife and I were watching this movie together, and uh my wife was saying she like, Oh, there it is. There's the Oscar moment. She like, <laughs> And I was like, Yeah, yeah, I know. I know this because like this movie this movie's very fucking Oscar baity. I'm just gonna get to the point. This movie is very fucking Oscar-baity. They're like, they're gonna get... we are gonna get all these uh very acclaimed actors in this movie. All these great actors in this movie. Cause Sandra Bullock, great actor. She has an Academy Award. Viola Davis has an Academy Award. Vincent D'Onofrio could be a chameleon. He can play anything. Rob Morgan's a good actor. Uh, John Berthal's in this movie. He's a good actor. He gives a good performance. You know, but like it's, it's whatever, you know, a lot of these performances are whatever, uh, you gotta, you got you gotta, a uh, couple of other, like, act, actors in this movie, like, the actress that plays, uh, Sandra Bullock's sister, I don't even know her name, I don't think I even looked her up, honestly, I don't know her name, I don't know anything she's been in, um, there's a, uh, you got, we got John Boy in this movie, <laughs> John Boy, uh, Richard Thomas, uh, you know, he played John Boy way back in the day as uh, in the Waltons. Uh, I'm really, really dating myself talking about the Waltons. Uh, but, <laughs> but um, yeah, he's in this movie. He plays uh, Sandra Bullock's sister's adopted father. He plays that. Uh, he's he's got a good amount of screen time in this movie. Um. One thing that I don't like about this movie, one thing I don't like about this movie, I don't like the fact that, like I said, it's very Oscar-baity, very Oscar-baity, um, they, like, they just, like, they, they just given, like, they're just, I'm gonna just say it like this, they're forcing Academy-nominated performances, they're forcing them, they're forcing them, and i'm like dude i'm like i'm i'm thinking like probably like one person's going to get nominated probably one person i'm not saying like this whole this whole movie's going to just get i'm just going to say it i'm just going to say it this movie is the hillbilly elegy of 2021 this movie is the hillbilly elegy of 2021. Remember that movie from last year? I don't even think- I don't even remember if I reviewed that movie last year. Did I? I probably have to go back through, like, my old episodes and, uh, find out if I even, like, reviewed that movie, because I believe I did. How could I not? How could I not have reviewed that movie? I had to have reviewed that movie, because, like, it's just so- that is just so fucking absurd. You know, that's what they did. Like, they, they you get these two great like Academy Award caliber, Oscar Caliber, uh actresses and Glenn Close and Amy Adams. And you get this unknown actor that you think is gonna be a superstar one day. And then uh you put them you put them in a the movie and watch him act and somebody and I think like Glenn Close got nominated for that movie. She didn't win. Thank God. But uh <laughs> You know, cause that movie's fucking that movie is fucking Oscar Baby. It's Oscar Baby. I think Ron Howard directed that movie too. Uh this is not directed by a big director. Uh it's directed by someone, some woman named Nora something. I forgot her whole name. Her name is like Nora something. Y'all making me y'all making me look up shit for this movie now. <laughs> I'm just gonna come up here and shoot the shit. Cause this is the shoot the shit portion of the show. Uh uh now y'all making me look up shit nora Fingscheit! that's her name <laughs> her name is nora Fingscheit. yeah that's her name but yeah man this movie is very like i said this movie is very oscar baity. like it's the hillbilly it's the hillbilly elegy of 2021 uh viola davis might get an academy award nomination for this you know because Sandra Bullock might too. I'm not sure. There might be two. Sandra, Sandra Bullock might get one and uh, Viola Davis, but I got a real strong feeling that Viola Davis might get nominated for this because she's just a great fucking actress, you know? She's a great fucking actress. I don't think anybody else is gonna get uh, uh, a nomination for this. Uh, if anybody... If, any, if, if anybody... What am I about to say? No, wait, let me think before I say this. Uh, because, like, John Berthall's in this movie. That's what I'm trying to say. John Berthall's in this movie, and I don't think he's going to get nominated for this. I don't think he's going to get nominated for this. If he, if John Berthold gets nominated for anything, it's going to be his performance in King Richard. Because he's great in King Richard. He's phenomenal in King Richard. Uh, I think him and Will Smith are both going to get nominations for that. I wouldn't mind it if, uh, uh, what's her name? Goddamn, Anjanoo. I, I wouldn't mind it if Anjanoo Ellis got a, a nomination for this also. Because she's great in this movie too. And she's just far underrated. Anjanoo Ellis is just a underrated actress in general. It's finally, I think it's time for her to finally get her due. Because uh, she's great in it. She's great in King Richard as well. But I'm not talking about King Richard. I'm talking about The Unforgivable. So, <laughs> this shitty movie. I didn't like this movie at all. Because, like, a lot of the... A lot of the a lot of the things that they did in this movie didn't make any fucking sense. They, they, you got like a mistaken identity uh, plot point that happens towards the end of the movie with like the two sons with like one like one of the sons uh, plans to uh, kill Sandra Bullock's sister. Instead, he said, "I want I want to make her hurt like she made me hurt," some shit like that, and so. Sandra Bullock meets with, uh, um, her sister's adopted sister is what she does. And that guy follows them. So, and he follows the girl home. So we get a mistaken identity plot point where like this guy thinks that this girl is Sandra Bullock's sister and Sandra Bullock, and like, I think he calls Sandra Bullock And she goes and races to the rescue to try and save this girl, to save her sister. And she sees that this girl that he's got, he's got this girl tied up in like an abandoned ship harbor or some shit. And and she sees that the girl that he has is not her sister. And the only thing she had to say was, this is not my sister and she doesn't say that shit, that's not what she says, she's just like, you got, you got, you made a mistake, you don't need to do this, and I'm like, dude, you gonna get this innocent girl, you gonna get this innocent girl shot, because you didn't clear her name, you, you didn't say, hey, yo, that's not my sister, you like, I know this girl, but that's not my sister, all you had to say was like, oh, shit, and then, you <laughs> know, it would have it would have been a little comedic if she would have went in. She's like, that's not my sister. That's you got the wrong girl. You know, some shit like that, right? But yeah, man, there's a lot of shit in, in this movie that doesn't make any fucking sense. Uh shall I spoil this movie? I'm gonna save y'all like two hours, cause this movie's this movie's fucking long. It's like two hours. Um uh, I'm gonna save y'all some time. Her sister shot the cop. Her sister shot the cop. And Sandra Bullock took the fall for her. That's what happened. Her sister was five years, which is this is another thing, man. I was like, I think that was a that was a stupid that's a stupid part of the movie too. Cause Sandra Bullock is pushing 60. Sandra Bullock's pushing 60 years old. And how am I supposed to believe that she has a kid sister? You know, because Sandra Bullock was born, I want to say she's like the same age as my mom. You know, I want to say she was born in like, I think she was born in like 1964. Uh, This girl looks like she was born in like 2004. That would be 40 years. 40 years. So So her mom... Should have been maybe fucking like 70 years old. So her mom was 70 years old having babies. Her mom was 70 years old having babies. Is that is that what I'm supposed to believe? Am I supposed to believe that? Am I supposed to believe that your mom is 70 years old popping out babies? And you 40... Get the fuck out of here man get the fuck out of here bruh uh damn this movie this movie kind of pissed me off this movie sucks i'm just gonna leave it at that this movie fucking sucks it's oscar Beatty. like i said somebody most likely viola davis is gonna get fucking nominated for this movie uh for that for that screaming match uh uh scene that her and sandra bullock had but that's it man it's movie fucking sucks. Don't even waste your time on watching this movie. It's stupid. Uh, let's move on. Let's talk about this, uh, Sonic 2 trailer. Let's talk about that shit. Damn, the Sonic 2 trailer. I just, I just saw it on a whim. I just, I was just perusing YouTube one night late at night and I was like, oh shit. The Sonic 2, the Sonic 2 trailer's out. And so I went to go watch it and surprisingly I was excited for it it's really fucking good the the trailer's good the trailer is really good uh I'm hyped for Sonic 2 mind mind you I haven't seen Sonic 1 (laughs) I didn't see Sonic the Hedgehog 1 by the way it's something I gotta get around to before I go see Sonic 2 before I watch Sonic 2, I gotta, I gotta watch Sonic 1. I think it's on Hulu somewhere. And every time I go on Hulu, it's like, hey, man, uh, you see me right here, right? You gonna watch me? You gonna watch me? If you got time, you can watch me. Yo, what's up, man? You, you, you gonna get around to watching me soon? Hey, hey, yo, what's up? But yeah, <laughs> I haven't seen Sonic 1, so i watch Sonic 1. To get hype for Sonic 2 but yo man this, this trailer is good it's like they're kinda like playing like a crime fighter now <laughs> and like Tails is here uh, Jim Carrey's back as Dr. Robotnik uh, James Marsden is back Uh we get we finally saw Knuckles cause I think like Idris Elba's playing Knuckles which is fucking dope <laughs> you know <laughs> so I'm like yo man this looks cool but yeah, that's all I gotta say about it, man. Like, the trailer looks fucking dope as shit. I'm I i did not expect to get hype for fucking Sonic the Hedgehog movie. Cause uh I haven't cared about Sonic the Hedgehog since like I was fucking 10 years old. Honestly. <laughs> you know, what I, mean? I haven't given a shit about Sonic the Hedgehog since I was like 10 years old. <laughs> you know I mean? That's the last time I cared about Sonic the Hedgehog. But yeah, man, it's it looks good. It looks good. I'm interested in it. Uh, should I talk about Hawkeye? I got it in. The, I got it in the itinerary to talk about Hawkeye. But the way Hawkeye's is looking right now, I think I'm probably gonna do like a whole retrospective of Hawkeye. I'm thinking about doing that. But I'm thinking about doing like a whole retrospective of Hawkeye as a whole after Hawkeye is done. I think that's what I'm gonna do. I'm gonna. I'm not gonna talk about Hawkeye episode four. I'm gonna, cause like, there's just things happening, man. There's things happening that I gotta process. This this is like a connective thing. Like this whole fucking show is like connective tissue, cause like there's something that happened. There's something that happened in this episode where I was like, oh shit. Uh, and I don't even wanna talk about it right now. I really don't. I don't wanna talk about it right now. I'm. Uh, the rest of the rest of the season, I'm gonna watch, and then, like I said, I'm gonna do a retrospective when the show is over. When the show is over, I'm gonna do a whole Hawkeye retrospective, uh, just to, just to tell you guys what I think of this show as a whole. So, no Hawkeye review tonight. No Hawkeye review tonight, guys. No Hawkeye review tonight. I'm gonna do a retrospective. So. That's it for things I watched this week. Uh, I'll be back with my review of Trading Places after these messages. Hey guys, and welcome back to the show. Trading Places from 1983 is the movie we're going to be doing today. Let's talk about how I watched this as a child. I'm pretty sure I saw this on TV. Like, obviously. Because I, I was born like two years later. After this movie came out. Uh, so, that's the only way I could have saw it. I I, I wasn't even thought of in 1983. But, uh... <laughs> so, so, <laughs> so, that was the only way I could I could watch it. I, I've seen it on television before. And, but... Seriously, like, this is one of my all-time favorite movies, though. Like, Trading Places is a movie that I watched a lot as a kid, and I learned a lot. I think, like, this is, like, one of those, like, like comedy, uh, like, like, courses, you might say. This is a crash course in how comedy is done, I think. Like, this is one of those movies. Uh, there was a lot of those movies in the 80s, and... There's there's some movies in the '90s where it's just like, even in the, like the '70s, you're like like these these movies are well crafted. These are like they're trying to they're giving you a crash course on how comedy is done. And Trading Places is, is one of those is one of those movies that I hold up in high regard. Like I held, held this movie up in high regard as a kid. <laughs> but yeah, man, this is like one of my all time favorite fucking movies though. Like I love this movie as a kid. Uh, the movie was uh, directed by John Landis. Uh, the screenplay was written by Tim Harris and Herschel Wine. I think it's Herschel Weingrode. I hope I'm saying his last name right. Herschel Weingrode. Uh, the movie had a budget of $15 million and brought in $90.4 million at the box office, which for 1983, that's pretty damn good. <laughs> that's really good. This movie has a. Rotten Tomatoes score of eighty-eight percent, which is not bad for a movie like this. Uh, this is a this is some 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 behind-the-scenes stuff. Fun facts here: This movie was originally supposed to be a vehicle for uh, Richard Pryor and uh, Gene Wilder, but the infamous freebasing incident happened. <laughs> if you don't know what the freebasing incident is, Richard Pryor was in a hotel room. And he was free break he was freebasing ca- crack cocaine. And he lit it up and he he, he set himself on fire. Basically. That's what happened. Freebasing cocaine set himself on fire. Uh, had to be in the hospital. Couldn't do the movie. So they recast. They they decided to cast Dan Aykroyd and Eddie Murphy in Leeds instead uh let's get into this movie first of all i gotta give a i gotta give a big ups to the cinematography man the cinematography in this movie is just amazing man just like just the way they like shoot philadelphia is beautiful on both sides because like they're doing like at, at the beginning of this movie they're trying to show you like the contrast between the two between rich and poor that's what this movie is about is about supposed to be like the contrast between rich and poor uh because like they show you like down and dirty gritty philadelphia and then they show you like upscale upper class philadelphia and i love the way both of those are shot like you really get a sense of what's going on and what this movie's about with that opening sequence uh, let's talk about Dan Aykroyd. Dan Aykroyd is just great in this movie. Dan Aykroyd does such a good job as playing just this little snobby fucking prick. He's just a snobby prick. And he like he and he talks like this and, and it's like Coleman running me around back. You know and all this shit. It's like every every rich white person like he's got rich white man voice pretty much that's what he's got he's got rich white man voice that's what he's doing uh and it just it just makes me miss like 80s white people i watched the i watched the white people in this movie <laughs> and it just makes me miss 80s white people i just miss the lameness you know i just miss it miss the fucking lameness I mean Paul Mooney had a joke about that. He was like, "I miss white people. Don't you miss white people? I love y'all. Where y'all at? Where white people at?" <laughs> you know, like, <laughs> the late great Paul Mooney had a joke about that. I remember. He was like, and I always quote that whenever I see like a white person trying to rap or trying to be cool and shit and trying to be down and shit like that, and i was just like, "I miss white people. What happened to white people?" You know, like, "I love white people." I'm like, "Come on, white man, come on. Be lame." it's okay, it's okay to be lame, it's okay, this coming from a mostly suburban black kid, you know, what I mean? I like, I was like, dude, I'm, I'm not fucking cool as a black guy, really, you know, what I, mean? I was like, dude, just, just be lame, I embrace my lameness, I was listening to fucking, uh, Wolfgang Van Halen's uh, album before prepping for this show, while prepping for this show, I was listening to Wolfgang Van Halen, which is like Eddie Van Halen's son, you know, so I was listening to his album, uh, before, I before, uh, doing this show, I was prepping for the show, when I was writing my notes and prepping and doing everything, getting everything together for the show, uh, like, it's okay, it's okay to be lame, like, just, like, you don't have to, being down to, to get to get props you know like you don't have to do it it's okay and I, like I was just I was just like I love Dan Aykroyd and his lameness in this movie he's very fucking lame in this movie let's talk about Eddie Murphy now Eddie Murphy Eddie Murphy just comes on the screen and he's just like this big ball of energy man like he lights up the screen. Like, he, he lights up the screen. He just knocks this part out of the park, man. Like, it's crazy to know, like, he's only, like, 19 years old here. He's only 19 here. He had to be, this movie came out in, 90, and this movie came out in 83. So, they had to, like, maybe start filming this in, like, 82. So, like, he was, like, n- he was, like, maybe 19. I want to say probably 19. I'm guessing, like, 19, 20. You know, like even for a 20 year old if he was 20 here like even for a 20 year old this is this is a this is a lot of just wisdom you know like he's a grown man eddie murphy eddie murphy is a grown ass man (laughs) you know at 19 20 years old it's amazing to me uh you got ralph bellamy ralph bellamy and don amici are just like the stereotypical villains in this movie they play uh the Duke brothers, who set up this whole plot of trading places between Eddie Murphy and uh Dan Aykroyd. Dan Aykroyd's this like rich snob, and Eddie Murphy's just this pretty much homeless guy. <laughs> he's a homeless guy that's like hustling people. That's pretty much what he's doing. And uh Don Amici and uh Ralph Bellamy, they're pretty much they're pretty much like the setup here. Like they're Just They're the stereotypical villains, but, like, they're the anchor of the movie because the the plot revolves around them. Denholm Elliott is very underrated as uh, Coleman the butler. Like, I just love his dry humor. Like, his humor is just so dry because I'm just—I'm such a fan of dry humor. I'm a fan of dry humor, and, like, he's funny here. And just, like, his whole performance, like, his whole performance is just, like, so sincere it's so earnest, you know, like the uh, like the scene that he has with Eddie Murphy when like Eddie Murphy, when they, they, they go through with the plan and uh, Eddie Murphy has to work his first day at Duke and Duke and he talks to Coleman and he's like, yo, man, what am I supposed to do in here, man? And like Coleman's just like, don't worry. He was like, I'm sure they'll tell you. And he's like, "But well, what if I'm bad? What if I'm bad at it?" And he said, "Just go in there and be yourself, sir. They can't take that away from you." It's <laughs> like, like it's just so sincere, and he's just so earnest with that with that line. And I was just like, "This character's underrated. I love the character." Uh, let's talk about the jail scene. Eddie, the Eddie Murphy jail scene is his breakout. I like it's my favorite scene in that whole movie because like. When you watch that scene, you know you just saw a star in the making. When you watch that scene. Because he's just, it's just like it's just so much charisma. he just got so much charisma just shooting out of the screen at you. And you're like, dude, you like even if, if I was around in 1983 and saw that, I was like, this dude's gonna be something big. <laughs> you know, like I was He was already on Saturday Night Live. He was killing it on Saturday Night Live, but Trading places is the thing that's cementing him. Like you're like, this dude's gonna be a fucking star. You know, <laughs> he's a movie star. Uh, this movie has a bunch of colorful words that can't be said can't be said today in this day and age. But because like this this movie has this movie has some words in here that woo boy. Even now I'm like I clutch my pearls. <laughs> I clutch my pearls when I hear these words, cause uh, you got the N word and you got the F word. I'm gonna say them faggot and nigger, okay? They say faggot and nigger in here. Eddie Murphy says faggot twice, <laughs> and the word nigger is said at least five times in this movie, and it's not said by Eddie Murphy. <laughs> you know, <laughs> I'm just gonna tell you that, like, uh, like they say that they say the N word in here, like five times I think I counted I think I counted five and like I said none of those niggas, none of those n-words are uttered by Eddie Murphy <laughs> and I'm like yo man I'm like this is this is a little wild right here man <laughs> but you know like it's it's the, it's the way it's the it's the it's the way they use the word You know, they use the words, they use the words in a clever way that helps move the story along. So I hear the words now as a, as a grown man, I'm like, oh shit. But it it being, trying to be highly evolved and trying to be a highly evolved man, I'm like, oh shit. Uh, y'all shouldn't be saying that, but it's, it's, it's part of the story. You know, so, like, I'm not really tripping about it. I'm not really tripping about it. I love Frank Oz. Frank Oz is a small part. He plays one of the cops that, uh, that, that's, like, arresting, not really arresting Dan Aykroyd's character, Winthorpe. Uh, but, yeah, he's like, one of the cops, he gets paid off or something. He gets paid off to, like, put stuff on, to plant some shit on, uh, Dan Aykroyd's character, and I love it, because, like, he finds, like, PCP on Dan Aykroyd when he's booking him, and it's, like, it's funny to hear Frank Oz talk about PCP, <laughs> because all I could, all I could think of, I'm like, dude, that's Grover from Sesame Street talking about PCP, you know, like, I'm like, that's Fozzie Bear talking about PCP, <laughs> that's all I heard. That's all I heard. Is that. That's all I heard. Uh, This movie has. A lot of boobs in it. It's a big thing. And like. It's the 80s. So all you hear. I mean all you see. Is random titty shots. You know <laughs> like. The, the 80s were wild like that man. The 80s were wild as shit. Cause like all you. That's all you would see. You would just. They would just have just like random titties just pop up, you know, <laughs> just random titties. You could be like, you're like, hey, uh, we in college, titty. Uh, hey, man, we had we had a family reunion, titty, you know, <laughs> just random titties. Uh, they just show up in 80s movies. They're like, I'm pretty sure 90 percent of all the 80s movies I've seen as a child had titties in them. Uh, I reviewed uh, just one of the guys like earlier this year titties in there just titty 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 <laughs> just all the titty you want uh so like I'm probably this is probably gonna be a running this is probably gonna be a running theme when I review movies from the 80s just letting you know just I'm gonna be like yeah wow there's a lot of titty in here but uh <laughs> Kristen Hobie is here as uh Dan Aykroyd's uh girlfriend uh what's her name Penelope Uh, She plays Penelope. And she's here. She's just here. Poor baby girl. She tries her best. She tries her best, but, like, she just gives a very pedestrian performance. You know, just a very pedestrian performance. It's just... She's... she's. I kind of looked her up. I looked her up, and, like, it seemed like... I don't know much about Kristen Holby. uh, But it seemed like... She was kind of like just like the Gigi Hadid of the '80s. You know that girl, Gigi Hadid. Like she, she's kind of an actress and she's kind of a model. You know, <laughs> and she's kind of a social influencer. And she's kind of an OnlyFans girl now. That was that was that was Kristen Hobie in the '80s. That was her in the '80s. I looked her up. I was like, and that's the thing. That's the thing that popped in my head. I was like, oh, so she was Gigi Hadid. She was Gigi Hadid. She was a Gigi Hadid of the '80s. That's who she was um jamie lee curtis i fell in love with jamie lee curtis in this movie jamie lee curtis is very charming as ophelia uh she's a prostitute and like she's really doing her best in this movie to break out of her teen scream uh queen persona, uh because like that's what she was she was they didn't even want to cast her in this movie i I i read john landis had to fight for her the studio didn't want her. They were just like, hey, yo, you want that girl from the fucking horror movies? <laughs> they were like... <laughs> that's what they were saying. Like, Jamie Lee Curtis. They're like, the girl from the horror movies? Because that's all she did. That's all she did was horror movies. Like, like killer running after her. She would scream, Aah! you know, or some shit like that. That's who she was. She was a teen scream queen. That's who she was before this movie. This is like the first movie that she's ever done where she's not running from a serial killer or a monster or something. You know, but she did a good job in this movie. She did very good in this movie. She also shows her boobs in this movie. She shows her boobs in this movie twice. So, (laughs) so she did that. Uh, The fun of this movie, the fun of this whole movie is watching Dan Aykroyd's like downward spiral. Like, it's sad and hilarious because like people just start like turning their backs on him. All his friends turn their backs on him. His girlfriend turned her back on him. Because everybody just like just disavows him pretty much. They disavow that he fucking exists. You know? Uh and towards the towards the middle of this movie, it kind of turns into like a Looney Tunes cartoon. Where, like Eddie Murphy is like Bug's Bunny. And like Dan Aykroyd is Elma Fudd. It just gets ridiculous. And I've always kind of uh seen Eddie Murphy as a Bugs Bunny type even like his comedy his comedy is kind of uh kind of similar to Bugs Bunny you know he's, he's very bug. Eddie Murphy's very Bugs Bunny like he's very like a slick talker you know I, I get out of trouble type of guy in, in, in every movie every movie he's just playing Bugs Bunny I feel like that I don't know if he's ever said that, where he was just like, yeah, man, you know, like, I'm just doing Bugs Bunny, <laughs> you know, you <laughs> know." but every movie he's in, he's just pretty much doing fucking Bugs Bunny, but yeah, man, he's like, but yeah, man, him and, uh, him and Dan Aykroyd, there's, like, a part in the middle, uh, where, like, Dan Aykroyd's dressed like a Santa Claus, <laughs> and, like, he goes to confront Eddie Murphy, and, like, they go, and they kind of just get into, like, this, like, kind of, like, Bugs Bunny, Elma Fudd kind of routine, uh, but like, Winthorpe... Because Winthorpe just loses his fucking mind. But... I guess, like, that's what happens... When you, like, you're at the end of your rope... Because, that like, dude just loses his goddamn mind. <laughs> and, uh, Eddie Murphy's character, Billy... Like, ends up morphing into what Winthorpe used to be. So... You could say... That they successfully traded places <laughs> no okay it was it was it was it was good when I wrote it you know like I was proud of that joke you know I was I was writing that joke with a smile on my face I had so much glee in my eyes I was like yeah they're gonna love this joke no no okay I'm gonna move on Uh, you know what I love more than the main characters performances in this movie Oh, the background act uh, background actors reactions <laughs> like the the extras like john landis did a great job of uh capturing these genuine reactions like the like there's another movie which i'm gonna talk about later he does that in also but yeah john john landis is like the king of like just capturing these genuine reactions because every every time like a main character does something there's a there's just a uh a background extra just looking at them like you know <laughs> just looking at them and it makes them look like real people I like that it makes these extras look like real people it doesn't just make them look like paid extras you know and I love that I love that John Landis did that in this movie uh Eddie when Eddie Murphy and Dan Aykroyd and Jamie Lee Curtis shed a screen together like they they have so much chemistry between the three of them like like the three of them are great together when they finally share the screen together like it's It's a match made in heaven, pretty much. It's a match made in heaven. Like, all three of them are great together. The train scene is fucking hilarious. It's my second favorite scene in this whole movie. I know Dan Aykroyd does blackface in this, but it's still fucking hilarious. Uh, A gorilla raped somebody, and gorilla rape is always funny. You know, I don't know what it is. I don't know what it is. I always found gorilla rape funny. Like gorillas raping something. I like. I've always found that funny. Every time I see a gorilla rape something, for some reason, it's just hilarious to me. I just crack up laughing. You know. I don't know what it is. I don't know. I don't know. <laughs> What's my problem with that? But every time I see a gorilla rape something, or I hear. About a gorilla raping something, I just crack up laughing. Uh, there's a thing uh, called mean tweets. Uh, uh, they had Pitbull on there, the rapper Pitbull, and the like. The funniest mean tweet ever was was for Pitbull. Was for Pitbull, and somebody wrote, "I hope." I can't even get it out right now. <laughs> oh shit! I can't. I hope. I hope your I hope your voice box gets I hope what I'm trying to remember the whole I'm trying to remember the tweet now. I hope your voice box gets mouthfucked by a gorilla dick. I think that's what it was. (laughs) You say I hope your voice box gets mouthfucked by a gorilla dick. And I I bust out laughing. I was like, cause gorilla rape is funny. <laughs> gorilla rape is hilarious. You can't tell me no different. That gorilla rape is not funny. It's it's hilarious, bro. It's hilarious. Overall, I still enjoy this movie. Uh there's a lot of things in this movie that didn't age well. As far as like the new world we live in, because like I said, you got blackface. They say they say the N-word like five times. There's a lot of titty in this movie, like a lot of titty in this movie. Uh, it's a bunch of things in here that didn't fucking age well. The twin towers in this movie that didn't age well. Um, but yeah, man, I still like this movie. I still enjoyed this movie, and I gave it a five out of five. Join me next week when I review 2003's Bad Santa. Until next time, peace.